0: Welcome to Teen In, I'm Kenzie, I'm Terry, and we are back.
1: First, really first uh, recording in 2021.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the last last episode we talked about our resolutions and what we're excited for and any uh, exciting advancement in the last week. <laughs> <Two> <laughs> weeks? Too Sorry.
1: No, the world we're went crazy in between, so um. yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how the next week goes. <laughs> I'm not going to get so too far up. ahead of myself at this point. So uh, we'll just get hope. through this podcast and, and go from there. How's that?
0: Sounds great. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, what are you listening to? What have you been listening to on more happy, you know, world, we'll put the word world aside and uh, yeah.
0: Um, been- I mean, I will be honest. A lot hasn't changed from the last time we talked about our, Music tastes. So mm-hmm. I've still been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift, Kid Cudi. This, I haven't been listening to this a ton, but it's kind of something where I'm like, it's just odd. Um, I watched the show on Netflix. It's called Bridgerton and it's kind of like a Kings and Queens type show. And so, anyways, at these like balls they go to, there's violin music in the back, but I don't know. On the show, they did violin music to like popular songs nowadays, and hmm. so like some Ariana Grande. And I was like, "Wait, I know this song!" And so I like found the people who did all of it, and they the same band did all of like the violin, and it's like quartet or something like that. Anyways, I've been listening to mainstream violin.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you have stretched out here.
0: I have. I have. It's. I. I haven't been listening to it ton because it's not my like total favorite but it's kind of relaxing wow they're called the vitamin is it vitamin c let me see here um vitamin string quartet wow if anyone's interested they do mainstream songs on the
1: there you go yeah they got kind of some nice little background music
0: yeah i was like driving in the sun the other day and i was like this is actually kind of nice
1: wow (laughs) what about you you know I mentioned last time I was into Joe Satriani. You know, he's an oh, yes. instrumental guitarist, and he has a band right behind him. I you know, probably different band members every time, but I've really been into him. I, I've hardly listened to any music <laughs> with any lyrics. He's got like three songs that have any lyrics. The rest of them are all interma- in, um, instrumental, and mm-hmm. I am so into it. And so I went through, and I went through, and you know, I think every album or close to it. And, you know, every time available, I like the song that I could remember to do it, I would hit, you know, like on my playlist and I built mm-hmm. this 40 song playlist. And then I'm, I played it and played it so much. I, I know them all. It, it, this is in three weeks or so, or oh my four gosh. weeks. gosh! I am very familiar with this whole catalog. And so I'm now I'm having to dig a lot deeper. And so I'm making a second sweep through because <laughs> I want to find more that I like, you know, some of the things in there, some of them I don't care for as much but yeah there's just some awesome stuff and so now i'm making the second sweep through and then i did find a couple live albums and i wanted to see what that's like live you know compared to the studio and yeah uh, which i've been impressed with and i kind of want to go see him in concert when he comes through whenever we get to do that and
0: yeah um, totally
1: yeah so i'm kind of checking that out now but uh you know i just just really got into that but i haven't listened to Hardly any music with lyrics except for um, one. Re- this band called One Republic that somebody gave me to. Oh, listen. yes. That's, uh,
0: yeah. So <laughs> That's I, I, I not listen I, um, to a lot of you too.
1: Yeah, I would imagine you mm-hmm. probably had, I would hope. So yeah, it's just been mostly instrumental in some One Republic uh, for the most part. I don't, honestly have not listened to hardly anything else besides that. Um, <laughs> hey, but a lot of out. those. Yeah. So, I, I need to probably branch out. I just don't want to let go of this. I'm kind of into it. So, yeah,
0: I mean, at least you'll be ready if he ever releases new music. You're just, you already got the rest of it covered.
1: Yeah. And he did a new album in 2020. I was kind of hoping it, it, it looks like it's a two year pattern. So, I got oh, to wait for the next. Yeah. You but, kind
0: of jumped the gun on that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> There's, yeah, it goes back to 89. So, I got a lot of material. So,
0: oh, and well, there you go.
1: Yeah. So that's anyway, that's been my fun. Um, other than that, I've um, been watching a sh- TV show, too, by the way. I'm going to give this a plug. It has nothing to do with music.
0: Okay. Um, what is it?
1: It's called Trafficked. Oh, and,
0: you texted me about oh, this. Oh, my
1: goodness. So my sister, Jen, uh, tipped me off on this. And we've been watching Trafficked, uh, National Geographic. and Lady Mariana von Zetter? Something like that. She uh, goes undercover. Not undercover, actually. She gets behind the scenes. She has a w- way of getting behind the scenes with drug smugglers and steroid rings and counterfeiters and all sorts of stuff. And uh, she's able to get in and film it. And uh, you know, and they they trust her that they won't. She won't snitch on them. And she know. creates
0: a whole TV show about it.
1: Yeah, she does. It's fascinating. It is just fascinating. Wow, you would like it because you like documentaries. So
0: I do. Oh, I really do. Oh, my
1: goodness. You would just go crazy over this. So uh, anyway, but out there, if you like documentaries has nothing to do with music and as far as I'll go with it. But anyway, (laughs) kind of been my new things. So yeah, well, Well, there
0: you go. We've got two shows then Bridgerton and trafficked.
1: Yeah. And this is what our sixth or so episode over zoom and we're surviving
0: chugging along.
1: Yeah, it makes editing a whole new deal. Uh, There's some, so if you hear a couple hiccups and stuff, it's all blame it on Wi-Fi, don't blame it on us. Yeah, Yeah. we try
0: our best to like (laughs) back ourselves up a little bit, but you never know when the other, when you're freezing, like your frame is freezing on the other person's end. So I guess.
1: So so there's some outtakes out there. Maybe we'll put a a greatest hits of uh, outtakes uh, of our stuff. uh,
0: White noise.
1: Well, no, just like- the, <laughs> no the the stuff that's gone wrong. Oh um, my gosh! There are technical issues that you, no one gets to hear about us. Create um, a
0: how-to on YouTube, honestly.
1: Yeah, it yeah, and amazing. actually, you know, I've had to research on the editing part of the, the, the weird stuff that happens, like when it plays back like chipmunks instead of their regular mm-hmm. voices, and how how you do that and. <laughs> you know, and different editing techniques, or when you really mess up in GarageBand, how to repair that, and you know, yeah. So there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So, but anyway, we're surviving on Zoom here. One of these days, we'll we have to do one uh, live again. In I person. was thinking
0: about that actually. I yeah. might have to...
1: to figure that. One of these out.
0: days, we'll get our research and check on the same day, and then I'll find a day to come to come to town.
1: All right. Yeah, we'll do that. I wonder if we can use the same mics, two mics and one laptop.
0: Ooh, that worked. How fancy! Probably. I don't
1: know. Never done it. We'll find out. Anyways, <laughs> who cares? All right. Well, we uh, need to get to. Uh, we have today a couple of great bands that we have. we done a lot of research, and Kenzie has you two, and I have one Republic. I if I say One Direction, catch me because. <laughs> It's bound to happen. I'm really trying not to. But, I didn't um,
0: even think about that, but
1: uh, I just—I yeah, even caught myself thinking that. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So we'll—I'll try not to make that mistake. But hey,
0: okay.
1: well, I am just dying to hear what you think of you too, and I've got yeah just thoughts along the way. But anyway, okay, yeah. Well, um, well, I've got
0: a, what?
1: Go dive in. Yeah. I will. Yes.
0: Um. so I did a lot of research there's a lot of years of research so I apologize if it gets a little I don't know I think most of it's pretty relevant but um, I'll disclaim this with I loved listening to you two as a child I mean like I don't know when you started listening to them but I feel like it was just most of my childhood mm-hmm. and there was a lot of songs actually listening back being like Oh, I didn't know that this was you too. Like, there's a. I'll talk about the songs afterwards, yeah. but there's a couple songs that I remember us like, I don't know, kind of vibing over as when I was a kid. Yeah, um, there's one. And, I could go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're probably <laughs> thinking of the same one. And um, so yeah, I don't know. It was actually a really fun journey because I do really like their music, and um, it's not stuff I listen to on my own just because I do relate it to you and like. I don't know, it just is not that like different for me, um because I think of like, growing up. And so anyways, it was just kind of fun to hear the background. and yeah, so I'll start with that. Okay., yeah. um, I really like that they started out as kind of a very unproblematic band, and they continued that all the way through. And basically, it started out as in Dublin, ireland which of course they love me, some accents. And I loved their accents. Um, I didn't know that they were from Ireland. So that was cool. Um, And there's four people who remained in the band. And that really never changed. And I think that that is so cool because they're like friends from school. And I never read about any like squabbles or anything like that. And I just watched an interview of them recently. And they're still like joking around, having a good time. So I don't know. From the beginning, I just really liked that. Um, But there's Bono, which his real name is Paul Hewson. The Edge, which his name is uh, David Evans. And then there's Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen. And so it all started out in 1976 when they were 14 and Larry Mullen put up a sign at school saying that he needed band members. And so he was like tryouts at my house after school (laughs) and um, six people showed up and it was Paul, David, Adam, Larry, and then David's brother, Dick, and then two random friends of theirs showed up. And so they basically settled on the four of them, who is the U2 now. And then um, David's brother, Dick, also was in the band for a little bit. Um, And they called themselves Feedback because they were 14 and it was the only technical term that they knew about (laughs) music. (laughs) Um, And a friendly friend gave them a list of band name suggestions. And I meant to do more research on this, but basically U2 was one of them. And I don't know if they even knew like the understanding of it, but basically they chose it because it was kind of open-ended and had a lot of like ambiguity to it. So then Dick kind of realized that he was a lot older than them. I'm sure he was probably like high schooler while they were in middle school or whatever. But they just wanted a four-piece band. And then they won a contest, some music contest. And it got the attention of CBS in Ireland. And then it kind of just started from there. They didn't start out as like huge success, but it got their name out there a little bit. So mind you at this age like they're still young like I don't they start in like 1979 they got a manager so they're like 17, 18 years old um and they would perform at the Dublin dandelion market on Saturdays and they released an EP um with like three songs and it only was released in Ireland but there was a thousand copies and they all got sold. And so after that people were like okay like you guys, clearly know what you're doing a little bit and they signed them to a four-year four-album deal so then in 1980 they released the album boy and it was kind of their start of international music like everything else had been released in dublin so things were finally getting released to like the rest of the world um it didn't chart very high but it got really good reviews and they basically explained it as the lyrics reflected on adolescence innocence and the passage into adulthood which makes sense because they're um children and so then when they were working on the album October um which is I believe their next one right um what
1: yeah that was the second album okay that's what I
0: thought um actually in Portland Oregon pretty close to us um, bono's briefcase with all of his like lyrics and ideas got lost at a club and um he never found it and I, I don't know there's
1: a follow-up to that
0: oh Did see you know i don't that? know about that um i'll go through this but you can yeah that, if you want yeah um, but basically, like in the next couple of days, they had to go to a studio and stuff and he had to improvise. And basically, they said it was like an absolute mess. And then they performed on TV and it was one of their worst performances ever. Oh, wow. And then Bono and the Edge, like this is all happening at once is why I'm talking about it. But like Bono and the Edge are also part of like a Christian band that was um, back in Ireland. And it. They didn't have like any terrible like stuff going on in their rock music, but it was just kind of like not exactly going along with the same lines as that one. So they had to choose between the two, and they decided to stick with U two and quit the Christian rock band. But on top of everything, they were just like, "Oh my God, there's so much going on."
1: Well, they got him stolen, and he had to improvise. And and boy, is just a really high energy. Mm-hmm. band uh, album and yeah it wasn't well known but uh, it's just just raw energy band yeah, or uh, uh, album I love it and it's got mm-hmm. that song I will follow and
0: I was gonna uh, say I I know I listened to the first album or two
1: yeah and, and, and then the second one it's good you can tell it's a little disjointed it's mm-hmm. not doesn't quite it's not as tight as um, the first album but but what happened is somebody was cleaning their attic in Portland this happened like 10 or 15 years ago And they
0: 1980. Oh, when they found
1: it, when they found, and they found the briefcase, somebody had moved into this house and went up into the attic and they go, what's this? And they opened the briefcase and it's Bono's lyrics. And so he, (laughs) he was doing a speaking tour. He does other speaking tour. He was doing some speaking tour, Mm -hmm. uh, and he came through Portland. And so he invited that person to come to a speaking engagement. And then they hand, he handed over the lyrics with the briefcase. That's so, so happened, crazy. i think it' like 2005 or something like that. Somewhere in there. Yeah.
0: I mean, 25 years later still, it's like, that's crazy that yeah. they even found them in general.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, you're on the second album. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it kind of left on like a bitter note. They just weren't super happy with their performances at the time. And so it really ignited their fire to come out with a bang in 1982 they started working on their next album called war and this time which I feel like a lot of bands kind of end up doing is they take time away where like as a band and they like all live together they dedicated time to writing they just like only wrote stuck together the four of them and they created a really good album it had like New Year's Day and Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Um, It was a very like politically charged album. Um, Yeah. And so it was kind of just like, I mean, that seems to be a theme within their music too. So it's not like a crazy concept for them. Um, And I'll get into that a little bit later, but it was kind of just starting to go with their views and their thoughts and after yeah. that was released they kind of started playing bigger venues and playing at shows and festivals and that's when they performed at red rocks which you kind of talked about a little bit yeah
1: well this is where um the third album that's where i've learned about you too i didn't i'd never heard of them in 80 81 and 82 mm-hmm. at all and i kind of mentioned i was really into the blue oyster cult for a long time and they were kind of on the edge and things are kind of falling apart there for a while and one day i just remember on mtv You two came on, it was new year's day, the video. And I go, what Mm -hmm. is this? And I was trying to figure out, is this punk or rock? Where's this going? Yeah. But I like it. You know, I didn't like punk rock, but I was like, this is a little punky, but not too much, but they're really edgy and they're kind of, there's some angst. And then they came out and then they started playing Sunday, bloody Sunday. And then I went and bought the cassette at the time or the album. Mm -hmm. I think I bought them both. Um, (laughs) And so I started playing this and I go, oh, my gosh, played the album all the way through. And it, yeah, it's very politically charged. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, the, the concert at Red Rocks that was on MTV, live, they played on MTV. Tell us yeah. about what you thought of that.
0: So I watched one of their performances from it. I didn't watch too much of it just because I was kind of trying to get an array of sure. things. But um, someone, which I'm assuming is some sort of music, billboard, whatever, Um, considered them one of the 50 moments that changed the history of rock and roll Um, and I think that that's pretty huge at the time too when rock and roll music was like in its prime and um, yeah I thought they did awesome and like they came out and just like guns blazing like it was just it was really cool to watch them and like people were jumping on the stage getting like escorted off by security and I don't know. That's all I saw. Is just um, I. I don't remember what I saw them sing. Honestly, well, it was raining <laughs> too.
1: You know, it was pouring rain. Oh yeah, and the and foggy, and then Bono in his boots, you know, and his mullet, mm-hmm. and he was waving this rebel flag. You know, this uh, Irish, I mean it was the Irish flag or something. I don't know what it was. And, and just out there, and he even climbed up on all the the, the speaker gear and stuff. He's uh-huh. way the heck up there, and uh, just shouting to the to the crowd and all the you know they're playing the first three albums. Yeah, so it's just all hard driving stuff, and uh, it was inc- yeah. I just like wow, this is my new favorite band right uh-huh. now. <laughs> I just well, yeah,
0: I thought it was it. cool that they like came out with I don't know just so much ammo and like it was cool to watch them play and everyone was so excited to see them because in the large scheme of things this was only 1982 and they really hadn't been making music for that long in terms of like their age and I don't know just like the popularity so I thought that that was really cool that they were so successful early on even though maybe not their albums were up to par yet um so then we get into the next album unforgettable fire and they each album i felt like they kind of went through a time of like that was really good or like that wasn't as good so we just think need to figure out our sound a little more and it wasn't a different sound each time but i think that they tried to like hone in on that stuff every single album Mm -hmm. and this one they centered it more being on artsy and ambient and abstract right and so it was kind of like each band member made a change to their own diverse sound like in a sense, I guess, like Bono changed his lyrics to sound and feel more visual, you know? And so making these little changes that like maybe not the average ear would hear, but they were working on that. Um, So they were struggling to build a fan base for live shows though. Like they had a fan base of like, I don't know, like people from the, the Red Rocks, you know, and all that stuff, but not people that were consistently following them but still as the same time, Rolling Stone was like, they're the only band that matters and like huge compliments from big people. Um, and people are starting to say that they were better live. And then that's when in 1985, they performed at live aid in front of 72,000 people. And it kind of changed the trajectory of the entire career because like that was such a huge event. And like, we've about that from queen you know and all that kind of stuff that is just such a special event and such a special day and i think a lot of
1: people
0: you know saw a lot of potential in them that day so that was cool
1: they had Uh, that when they played the song bad
0: uh uh-huh Bono
1: kind of went off and he he went into the crowd and they were kind of like oh
0: "Mm." that's what i read he like threw himself in there and was like singing with them and and
1: the band was kind of like uh when are you returning yeah, <laughs> and so they kept playing the same core, uh, uh, that line kept doing their instrumental thing uh, over and over, and he's just kind of singing and making it up <laughs> as he goes. and He's laying in the crowd, and you know they're carrying him around. I don't. Know, they're doing all sorts of stuff, and I was reading this one time, and they were just going, "We don't even know if he's coming back." Um, so they just kept playing and eventually they got him back up on stage and they finished the song but it was i was kind of watching that to kind of look at the band members like see if i could see any eye contact like yeah what's going on
0: And i think you've shown me their performance before but i think that's a consistent theme as well like at the beginning it was um it was larry's band you know he was the one that was like Mm -hmm. come to my house And in the end, they said, or not in the end, but from the beginning, they said Bono clearly was the one who was standing out and like kind of being the one that that wanted to take charge and was more talkative and stuff. And in a lot of interviews, they were like, we don't know if we'll be able to get Bono to shut up, you know, and (laughs) he's just kind of out there. So it makes sense that he was the one out there in the crowd doing that kind of stuff um so in 1987 the joshua tree album that was a really big one and they based a lot of their other albums off of this one um and i think they they learned a lot through this one and it was just really cinematic and there was a lot of deep fascination with the country and its open spaces and freedom and ideals and this is the one i felt like was more true to their sound and it went to number one it was really popular um and I didn't write, out honestly, a lot about it. But later, I'll kind of hit on it a little bit more, too. But um, so that was 1987. And then in 1990, they were kind of having a lot of issues with the band deciding what they wanted their style to be. Like, exactly. Because they kind of continued to change it and dabble in other things. And they were kind of wanting to get it down to a specific thing. Um, they wrote one for the...
1: Their- baby.
0: Okay, I was like I don't know how, <laughs> how to pronounce this
1: Akun baby,
0: baby. Um, And that album They said it was metaphorically Chopping down the Joshua tree Which was the last album um, And so
1: It's way different
0: Yeah, well they were like saying It's a rock dance Kind of more poppy yeah. music styles That were popular at the time Yeah um, Which is obviously much different than the country, open spaces, freedom—that <laughs> Joshua Tree was.
1: Now, there's just some angst in those, but it's a different kind than the early albums. It's just. Uh, well,
0: yeah, they yeah. did that, and then they did their Zoo TV tour.
1: Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah I'll be honest. I'll, I'll tell you from right here. This is where I dropped you two for about eight years.
0: Really? Well, I mean, yeah. this isn't really your style, anyways.
1: From a, from the mid '90s, that kind of that mid '90s to late '90s.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch any of the thing about the Zoo TV tour, but they basically explained it as a multimedia event. They sang, they acted, they dressed up, they, like, did prank calls. They prank called, like, George Bush or something during one of their things. And it was kind of just, like, an all-encompassing, like, good time tour. But it kind of reminds me of something that, like, Def Leppard would be into. I don't know.
1: I didn't like it at all. And uh, Bono came up with this... uh, Alter ego, and he dressed, uh, and it was just weird. They it was just so far away from the U2 that I, you know, just was fascinated with in the 80s and and, in you know, all through the 80s and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: early 90s, even. But all of a sudden, it's just like I just it was kind of like this circus act clown show to me. Some people liked it, but I just I didn't even buy the album, I listened to him, but I just didn't like the album.
0: Well, if we learned anything well, from yeah. Sticks and the Mr. Roboto era doing it, the, the, the acts thing. on stage and yeah. doing theatrical pieces, it's not necessarily what's going to get you through
1: it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so they, they did that. That was the 90s. Um, that kind of went through there. There might have been some albums in there, but we're kind of skimming can... forward to Dude. the 2000s, yeah. which is the All You Can't Leave Behind album. And basically fans were like, this is back to basics. It's the U2 original rock sound. There's a ton of hit singles. And I love some of the songs from this album. Um, They did an arena tour. It was called the Elevation Tour. And this is going to be a trend. But in 2000, it was the highest grossing tour of the year. And so then in 2004, there was How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb album. And that was when like iPods were a huge thing. And I remember this actually, oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, totally, because there was a bunch of commercials for iPods yeah. and YouTube. They're like uh, something from the album. I, I don't was know it Vertigo. Was. Yeah, it was Vertigo. Yeah. Was um, on TV, and it was like on the iPod video or something like that. And I had an iPod video at the time, so I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" And so I just remember seeing something about that. But it was like a huge tour, huge success. Not sure if it was highest grossing, but it was pretty successful. Um, So then in 2007, they did the No Line on the Horizon album. And they kind of explored a lot in this one. It was more local music of like New York, London, Dublin. And they even wrote a lot in Morocco. Um, And it wasn't really well loved by the critics. But it hit a number one at some point. So... It was like the fans were there, but people still weren't loving it, but they loved you too.
1: Yeah. And this is where my feeling on you later, you too, I like some of the songs and albums and stuff, but they tend to overdo. They almost, it's like they fiddle with the songs too much Mm -hmm. in the later years. It just seems like they're just muddling to get it to perfection. And and I almost feel like sometimes they screw them up. They should have just left them a little raw and I, I've been waiting for them just to do something like not not uh try to smooth it over so much in the studio. And I felt mm. like that album they did. It was almost like they tried too hard. Yeah. Such a smooth um technical masterpiece that I almost like they should have just used the raw takes or something, yeah. some of the songs. There's some good songs on that, but yeah, I was kinda disappointed on that album. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they called it a more like meditative album and Mm -hmm. like a pilgrimage theme. So that just kind of sounds like it probably had a vibe that they were going for. And it's not necessarily like rock and roll. And so in 2009 they did the 360 degrees tour, and this one was huge for them. Which sounds like a concert I would love to be at. They had like theatrics. They had a circle stage in the middle that like spun around, and they could see everybody. They had like some claw above the stage. I don't Mm -hmm. think it did anything.
1: Oh yeah, I saw pictures. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was the biggest stage ever constructed at the time. So they they did that. There was video screens like. I think that's when people were really starting to put a ton of theatrics into their concerts and stuff. And so they were doing it um, and once again, surpassed their highest grossing concert. Um, It might have been their own personal highest grossing concert. I don't think it was like musicals or musics, Mm -hmm. but still. And then in 2011 through 13, um, they kind of toyed with a lot of different music. Styles that they weren't really used to, like "Will I Am" from the Black Eyed Peas, and a little ode to you, um Ryan Tedder from One Republic, helped them out a little bit. um That's him, his name, right? Yeah. Okay, I wrote that down. And then I was like, "What if I'm wrong?"
1: <laughs> um,
0: no, he, they worked with Ryan Tedder at one point, um, and kind of just looked at some more, probably more upbeat stuff that they weren't really used to. Um. But anyways, nothing really came from that, but they were just kind of working on themselves once again. And then in 2014, this just really holds a place in, I don't know, my my own personal history. I don't know. Um, I'll get into it. So their Songs of Innocence album, they... <laughs> they released it on every single iTunes customers yeah iTunes <laughs> library for free. how kind of them um, and downloaded it to their phone without any agreement, any knowledge 500 million people uh, the biggest album release ever. But nobody wanted it. <laughs> Literally, people talk about it to this day. I don't remember what the tweet was, but someone related like the COVID vaccine to this, and they were like, they're just like downloading it into the I don't know. I, I, that's a bad reference because now I don't even remember what it was, but people are still talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and someone called it rock and roll dystopian junk mail. And I don't even know. I'm sure that it was probably a great album because I know that they worked really hard on it. But the fact that like they downloaded it into our phones is just like, I just I deleted it, you know, like I didn't even listen Mm -hmm. to it because I was like, like, I don't want this. And I was also in high school, you know, like I didn't care about you, too. And even my roommate, she was talking about yesterday. She goes, I still have it on my phone and I just hear a song I don't know. And I'm like, oh, it must be you too. <laughs> and like, so I feel bad because I'm sure it was a great album, but it was an interesting way of going about it. Um, well, I remember,
1: so- um, when I, you know, I'm teaching and with elementary kids. And so we had iPads that were relatively new. And it made oh, it, yeah. it made it onto the school iPads. Are you serious? Oh yeah, there were copies of U2's uh, "Songs of Innocence" on every iPad in our cart,
0: oh, and so I, you know, I'd,
1: I'd see some kid all of a sudden, you know, going where they weren't supposed to, and all of a sudden they, what's this? <laughs> you know, <and> I'm <laughs> like,
0: like "Songs of Innocence." Well, actually, it's a,
1: a decent album, but we're not going to play that right now. So
0: yeah, it's just. <laughs> Like, I don't care. You know, like it, I wasn't even mad that it was like on my phone, you know, like I, it wasn't that aspect. It was just a matter of everyone woke up one day and was like, are we all aware that they <laughs> like yeah. we're all confused? So um, I thought that that was funny because I still talk about that. But the same year, Pono got into a bicycle accident and they didn't know if he'd ever be able to play the guitar again, but we're good. Um. And then in 2016 was like Brexit and like a new presidential election at the time. And um, kind of the world shifted in a conservative direction. And their music at the time didn't feel right to put it out there with like everything happening in the world. And they felt like it didn't line up with everyone's views and like the, (laughs) I don't know, just state of the world. And so they kind of waited on that one. Um, and then in 2017 they did the Joshua Tree 30th year anniversary tour Um, and unlike a lot of bands this is actually their first tour for their older music because what I appreciate about you too is that they didn't go too hard on like oh best hits albums you know they had a few in there but they really didn't release a lot of that kind of stuff and they also didn't do a lot of like you two like years of history tours and stuff and they continued to make new music and so of course it was the highest grossing tour of the year um it was yeah it was pretty successful and then the next year they released in 2018 their songs of experience album which was the one that they were kind of working on in 2016 but like didn't really want to release it um and it was the Experience Plus Innocence Tour. And they went to places like New Zealand, Singapore, South Korea, India, and the Philippines, which was cool. And honestly, I don't really have much information after that. They released a new single last year. No, I'm sorry, 2019, two years ago. Um, it was called Ahisma, which actually I heard it on uh, Shuffle and I was like, oh, wait, this song's kind of cool. What's but I wasn't sure. Ahisma?
1: Yeah. I know Bono did something. I, I know, I'm i not real familiar with that one. Yeah.
0: And actually, I kind of liked it. I don't remember what yeah. it was, but I remember liking it. But yeah, I don't really have any new information, but they haven't broken up. And they haven't had a lot of fights. And yeah, no, I really liked it. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I remembered when I was listening to it is that one of my favorite shows of all time is One Tree Hill. And they have a song called One Tree Hill off yeah. of the Joshua Tree album. And actually, that song inspired the entire show. Oh, really? Um, The creator of the show was listening to the Joshua Tree album while creating the concept of the show. yeah. And there's a quote in there because the town is called Tree Hill, not One Tree Hill. Um, And someone was like, it's only one tree hill and it's your home. And so he kind of took the concept from that song. And then it's just emotional because the song plays it's a very, I'm going to like tear up thinking about it. Um, It's on the finale and it plays during like when they're going, I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but basically it's on the finale. It's sums up the entire like eight or nine seasons. And I don't know. So I heard the song and I was like, hold on. I know this.
1: <laughs> I didn't know they were related. I didn't know there was any, I thought it was a coincidence. Uh, that.
0: Yeah, Um, so that was kind of inspired by that, but the songs I knew from my childhood, which I love, are like Magnificent, Vertigo, I Will Follow, Walk On, Elevation, and Beautiful Day.
1: Um, Elevation, when you were little, by the way?
0: (laughs) That's the one I was going to tell you. (laughs)
1: Okay, tell us about that then, I want to hear
0: it. (laughs) It's one of my favorite U2 songs of all time, and there's something about a mole, like Digging in the Soul, or a Hole. And that's the whole chorus. And I remember as a kid, I don't know, I just like was it the mole song?
1: Yeah, the elevation about mole digging in a hole. You you, you would ask for clarification on that. And when you're little, you, is it a mole digging in a hole or something? Yeah, like that? I, <laughs> I like, yeah, yeah, I think it is. And, so,
0: <laughs> and you're like, I don't really want to like go that.
1: into it. Play it again.
0: Yeah. I, I loved that song. And I was still listening to it. And I was like, that, this song's cool. Um, and there's just another song that the saints are coming. I don't know if you know it, but I just heard it and I was like, Wait, I kind of like it, it kind of gives me like boy band vibes. And then I looked and it was in a collaboration with Green Day. Oh, yeah, I remember. I was like, Oh, okay, so I have an ear for these things. Um, I watched a lot of music videos as well. Um, they I basically have a lot of notes on it, but I could sum it down to the first like decade of their career felt like all of their music videos were like the slow-mo stop motion like I don't know how you explain it
1: like New yeah, Year's yeah. Day like one out in the snow
0: yes New Year's Day two hearts beats as one mm-hmm. um celebration wait
1: celebration
0: yeah celebration I was trying to remember but that, that one was kind of cool, actually. Bono is
1: running around in red red tight pants or something. And,
0: yeah, yeah, but did you know the meaning behind that one? No. Um, it was about uprising, and they actually went to a prison in Dublin okay. where there was an uprising in 1916. Wow. And the video was, like, very, like, visual. It was, like, or it was supposed to be very visual. Um, It was, like, them breaking out of prison, and it was metaphorical to their uprising. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah, like, it was like all the people in school who said they couldn't do it because they were what probably like 20 years old at the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, they were literally like 19. Well, I saw them, uh, like,
1: they're always running, they're, they're always running. running all over, and they're all there's running. always
0: flashes to like a street or a car or yeah. a crowd, and they're always just like walking yeah. through it. I don't know. And it. the one I hated so much was the Still Haven't Found What I Was Looking For music video because they're on like the Vegas strip or something like that, some sort of strip. And it's slow-mo type filming, but they're just walking and everyone's watching them. Like I know that it's probably just like raw footage, but like they're all singing and nobody looks like like stoked to be there. They're just all standing and watching and they I don't know. I felt so uncomfortable. Um and yeah, there was like another one that I was like, I hate this. Um And then the streets have no name music video. Oh, pretty cool. Um, On top of a liquor store in L.A., there was a part in there that um, showed, like, the police trying to shut them down. Um, But basically, I thought that that was, like, fake. So I was like, oh, it's a music video, you know. But I guess that was real. Like, they just got it on camera. The police being like, get out of here. This is a city. Like, you can't be doing this. But they had it all planned out. They spent days reinforcing the roof on the liquor store so they could stand up there and, like, whatever. So it was just really cool. Um, And, yeah, they, like, time-lapse symbolism and showing people walking around and moving. (laughs) And I can sum it down to that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds like you enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. So I know I probably just rambled about that, but I felt like I've always liked – always liked you two um and they've always just kind of played a part in my childhood when I explain like what I grew up listening to I always mention you two and so it's cool to finally actually find out more about them and yeah I still like their music and I had a great week
1: well that's good all right I was I was thinking you would like you two I thought if you do explored a little bit more detail so yeah i know you you were weaned on that too but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well yeah well hey they're, they're kind of related a little bit one republic and you two there's a slight thread and you already kind of mentioned that with ryan tedder yeah
0: yeah, yeah. okay did, he, did, he,
1: did I... we say he produced one of their songs is that what it was i think or
0: um just in my research he had played a part in it. Like they had talked to him for some musical inspiration.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. Well, One Republic. So yeah, you know, you had played One Republic for me and kind of introduced that to me at some time. That was probably I'll say probably 2013, 14, somewhere in there. You I was know, gonna
0: you, say usually my end of high school years.
1: Yeah, you said you, you know, you might like this band. So I was familiar with them at least a little bit, and this was a band that I was kind of wondering what's happened to since after mm-hmm. they were kind of reached the top of their popularity or became very popular. So yeah, this is a it was a good dive for me. So I learned that One Republic is actually, they originated in Colorado Springs in 1996. And oh, wow. it, it was Ryan Tedder and then the uh, guitarist, lead guitarist, Zach Filkins. There it was kind of, you know, this duo that went to school together. They met in high school mm-hmm. and they formed this band called A Beautiful Mess, which was named after. Do you remember the band Sixpence None the Richer? You know, uh, I do. There Disney she goes. And uh, there she goes. Yeah. Well, it was named after one of their albums.
0: Oh, cool. Their
1: band was called Beautiful Mess after a Sixpence album which I thought that was interesting. I wouldn't have thought that, but um, they uh, went their own ways eventually, um, Tedder and Philkins, and But eventually in 2002, they reunited somehow and they formed this band called Republic. And then, you know, people around them started urging them to change the name because of possible legal action from other bands that probably had that name. And this mm-hmm. just seems like a common thread with all your bands. There's always a lawsuit and a hiatus just and love
0: so, some some gossip yeah. you know yeah
1: so this one didn't get to a legal action they circumvented it but by changing the name and it didn't have any real meaning but to one Republic hmm. so they just were Republic and added the one there eventually so they spent about two and a half years recording their first LP and late in the game they got dropped by their label, some corporate decision. So they were two and a half years into this album that they were putting together, that they had a contract for, and then they got dropped.
0: Mm.
1: And so this was probably sometime in the early early 2000s, I would say. So one thing came to another and they finally found another label. And so in 07, they released this LP called Dreaming Out Loud. That was their first LP. And uh, so it had singles, apologize, and stop and stare.
0: <laughs> Classics. And, yeah,
1: you know, and I to be honest, I don't think I knew originally that those were their songs. And I go, well, oh, I've heard those. Feel
0: like they were, I'm not saying one republic isn't mainstream because everyone knows who they are, yeah. but those songs were like. Very mainstream like you could hear yeah. those songs on the radio at any time when those were out, you know Like everybody mm-hmm. just knows those songs. So I feel like nobody's like Oh, I still love one republic because of those songs like they just knew those songs
1: Yeah, and so yeah, they were hit singles and uh, they did well and the album did well, but you know if you're It was kind of like you too, where When the war came out and you know, everybody heard new year's day and Bl- bloody sunday and all that and then people might have heard a couple of the songs in the past and they go, Oh, that was you too? Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that, but I didn't know who that was. It's was kind of the same type of thing. So, this is a six piece band. So, they've since they've started, they've been a six piece band. There were two other guys that were in initially before the album started uh, coming out. But so they've got uh, Ryan Tedder, Zach Filkins, the guitarist, uh, Drew Brown's rhythm guitar, keyboards. They all kind of, everybody plays keyboards practically from. Whenever they want to jump in on it. Okay. Uh, Brett, Brett, Brent Kutzel is the bassist. Eddie Fisher, the drummer and Brian Willett plays keys, but they intermix. There's some, they play multi-instruments. So those are kind of the main ones. Yeah. So they did that first album. Uh, the LP was mixed reviews, uh, but sold well. And they were viewed as a band to watch though. That was kind of the thing the watch out for this band. So They're kind of the up and coming. So they, you know, did their touring and trying to get their name out there and doing all that as a young band. And then in 09, they came out with their second LP called Waking Up. And this one had four hit singles on it, All the Right Moves, and then Secrets, uh, Marching On, and Good Life. And uh, I, I'm still, some of those, I when I hear it, I instantly know which one it is that that I Right, right now, I couldn't sing them for you if I had a voice to sing.
0: <laughs> go ahead, try.
1: Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll go in a, in a little bit. So, yeah, so Tatter's an interesting guy. So I didn't realize uh, quite his how talented he was or is. Mm-hmm. So his, his influences, so he's a, a Christian, actually he's a Christian who, but he doesn't want to be known as a Christian singer, OK, last, you know, he has his he has his faith, but he want, doesn't want just to just be a Christian band or anything like that. So,
0: right. That really, like, sticks you into a very particular niche. So right,
1: it's, it's a lot like Bono. Same deal. Mm-hmm. And then but he had his other influences. So he had gospel music as a influence from his youth and in church choirs and whatnot. And then oh,
0: wow. that makes a lot of sense.
1: It's other interesting influences, and I'll talk about this a little bit: Fleetwood Mac, U two, hmm. Peter Gabriel, who had a successful. If you remember, we talked about this before. Sledgehammer,
0: yeah, totally. Harry
1: Styles, uh, and he was with a band called Genesis, and all that. And the Beatles, Prince, and then Mozart.
0: Interesting. Yeah. yeah,
1: and so his uncle started sending him tapes of uh, Prince, Beatles, and Peter Peter Gabriel, and a few others to kind of he was kind of like hey check this out check this stuff out to kind mm-hmm. of to broaden his musical uh, foundation and tedder he's a type that could go he really could be a solo artist and do his own thing
0: totally but
1: but his desire is to be in a band he doesn't want to be a solo solo artist he views them as too love being too lonely that they're just kind of on their own and he likes that band camaraderie mm-hmm. part of it rather than just being his own thing you know so i don't know someday maybe he'll do something it seems like he had a quote in there that if he did a solo album it would have to be something quite different yeah than uh you know just a rehash of one republic without the other band members and so his vision for one republic is the songs that could be sung in a southern church or a london pub either way Anywhere in between, yeah. And that was uh, from Billboard. That was a quote that was in Billboard. Yeah. Okay. So he co-produced U2's songs of Experience LP. Mm-hmm. co-producer, at least on some songs, and oh, that's so cool. He's co-written a lot of songs for many artists. In fact, they even play one. You and you probably familiar with this, but so he uh, wrote "Rumor Has It" for Adele. That was a huge hit.
0: I actually I didn't know that.
1: Halo for Beyonce.
0: I think I knew about that one.
1: Uh, Bleeding Love for Leona Lewis.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Why Try for Ariana Grande. And then I Know Places for Taylor Swift, among others. There's many others too. Did one for John Oates of Who of Hall, Hall and Oates. John Oates had a solo album, and there's other ones too. But um, So yeah, he's done many, many of those. Um, what else? I'll save that for an interesting fact later. Uh, let's see. So anyway, they're getting the groove on for two albums, getting some hits and getting some traction. And then came the third LP, the massive native album. And I think this had seven hit singles,
0: which I am practically a, I the full album to this album all the time.
1: I a st- really I love good. it. And that's what you introduced. this is the album you introduced to me. Yeah. This has got feel again. I lose myself counting stars and I lived and it's just, uh, Man, it's a fabulous album. It's just got a lot of, a lot of hits, and I, I really like those songs. Those are really good. Said, that's where really my first awareness of the band. Even though I had heard those others, but was, right, wow, yeah, these guys are really good. I wonder where they're going to go with this, and this is huge. And so, yeah. uh they just seem to really hit their stride, and it really opened the door. In my opinion, I didn't. I mean, I didn't spend a a lot of my waking hours <laughs> analyzing this, but I just remember thinking, you know. This might be a band that this is kind of like when you two hit the Joshua Tree of like okay, mm-hmm. wow they are so big now what what's next what do they do Yeah. Doing? And I was just kind of wondering if if they were like that and I knew that Tedder, uh or you two was an influence on Teter to some extent so I was kind of wondering if they were going to follow you two's path and I wasn't sure you know. I, just left me curious to see if there's really some creative music down the road, which I've felt, you know, the, with band music right now and rock music, at least on the more mainstream stuff that I think corporation kind of has a stranglehold on these bands of what they can and can't do versus the seventies and even the early eighties. It was just kind of wide open, you know, bands would get like the four album contract, and they'd have four albums to go find themselves you know mm-hmm. now bands i think are pretty tightly controlled in the industry it's a pretty hard to be that, to really get to that creative sense you really got to work your way to get there and so i was kind of curious where they were going to go and so then in 2014 word was out late in the year that they were working on a fourth lp and they started tweeting out pics of them working there is one they were oh gosh where were they they were overseas somewhere, not in Europe. Uh, Morocco, or maybe it was Morocco? I don't know. Somewhere. And yeah. uh, they were recording and uh, said the band was going to go in a new direction with new sounds, and they kept out leaking tidbits of information, and the band was really exo- excited to follow up to Native. And this is always really hard to do for bands. Is like you get this mega album that just – everybody knows you know uh, journeys Mm -hmm. escape or back in my day uh sticks they had one paradise theater it was really big and it just oh yeah it hit everybody's and it's like what are they gonna do next it's got to be bigger and better and they they had seven hit singles and Mm -hmm. and so toto had the band there's a band called toto even you'd probably heard their music but
0: the africa song
1: yeah well they had the hits after hit and that that album was huge and Mm. but their first album was really big too and their second album just (laughs) didn't sell well at all it had one it had one hit but the album it was just no one hardly even knows the name uh Uh the band the called the cars first two albums were brilliant it's just classics the third album eh. (laughs) yeah no hit and uh and then there's a band called asia with a super group of all these musicians in the 80s from all these other bands came together and their first album was really good and it was like okay this band's just gonna rock the 80s and then they're gonna go forever and second album yeah and then they kind of fell apart and it just never was the same so (laughs) it was like uh you know this it's really tough to follow those big albums and i they released in 2016 the oh my my lp it it was the highest charting release on kind of on the heels of native it was kind of like you know you instantly go buy it it was kind of like oh one republic's new album you know of course it's going to be as good as native or probably better yeah and it's a good album but it didn't have hardly any major hits at all it, nothing yeah. compared to Native as far as the hits. Not that it's a bad album. So I listened to that, and I was waiting for this expansion of their sound, and they kind of build it up. And I'm kind of like, hmm, <laughs> I guess I'm not hearing it. Maybe I should listen to it five or six times, and maybe I would get it. And uh-huh. Maybe, maybe it's, So maybe it's my fault. But on the initial listen, I was like, I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. I'm not hearing it too much, although they did have – a collaboration which I usually don't like collaborations but I did on this with Peter Gabriel and I felt like Peter Gabriel uh, will take you in some deep waters and you know it doesn't have to be a hit
0: yeah he'll take you some pretty deep
1: territory and a little longer song and and he did with them and and you know he sings on it too and I so that's probably why it's my favorite song on the album Mm -hmm. honestly can't remember the name of it at the moment but
0: I'm looking it up right now.
1: Yeah. The
0: AI one.
1: AI. Is that the name of the song? Yeah. 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 No, that was good. I, and I felt he stretched them on that song uh, where that's where I wouldn't wanting them to go. And so I think he, it was good for him to be on that album. Cause I felt like that's you need to go that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more so. Cause you've already been the, the route with native. And so let's see if you could stretch out a little bit, but they, it seemed to me they kind of stuck to the same formula, but it didn't have quite the hits, but there was, was something
0: I'm looking through it right now. And like, I felt I've, I was like, Oh my God, I, this album was so good. But now that you think about it, like I'm going through and I liked the album, uh-huh. but I, my favorite of all time is let's hurt tonight, but that's a whole different story. But there's only like four or five that I really remember. like, mm-hmm. I actually know. So I'm going to have to go back and listen to the AI song yeah. for sure. But
1: yeah, it's just different. It, and that's mm-hmm. what I liked about it. It took them in a different direction. But there were some things going on behind the scenes. Not, you know, the, the band got along well. They've always got along well, it seems like. But Tedder just did, by 2017, hit the wall totally with touring albums, this whole repetition, you know, put an out, you know, go on a tour, goes really big, record a new album, and you know, the same cycle. They're on the cycle. And he ended up with severe anxiety, just from this constant touring recording pattern. And he really, really struggled. And so they really couldn't tour much after that album, I think. And so he had some quotes here that was were pretty interesting. He said he looked at a calendar and realized he had been gone 200 days out of 216 and still had three more weeks of being gone from his family, his wife, his kids friends basically my life and wow, just that's all on the road and he realized that had been almost the last 10 years and at that moment i wanted to quit and almost did and he just says the pressure to release albums was making him ill, and, wa- and wanted to change the way one republic releases music from then on and so they decided at that point at least for the short term not to release albums but they just started releasing singles so if you look you know, even on a, um, streaming music, you won't see new albums. But you'll, if you look at the dates, it's just this release of singles, but they're not on an album.
0: That's interesting because I've been wondering, I'm like,
1: huh?
0: are they like doing music for movies or are they like going to make an album? Like I've seen that they've just released singles. So that's interesting. That there's actually a backstory to it.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know. There's like seven or eight of them, something like that. And this process Kind of went into, oh, 2017, 18. And then actually still into 2020. And they did a song for the album. Oh, well, Or for a movie. I can't think of the name of the movie. But they did one for a movie recently. And it's they just have one song for that movie. And there's other artists that collaborated on other things. Mm. But, so anyway, it was just about them but then they started wanting to put an album out again and then of course COVID hit like many musicians and so they were going to put it out last year and it just didn't work out and so they just didn't feel like it was a good time and it's called the album's called human they already have a name for it they've already released some songs from it Hmm. and then they're hoping to put it out in 2021 um you know and some of those uh, now they have time to reflect and probably go back and rewrite things and some of those songs might not be on the album or maybe it's on an uh, extended album and they come up with new songs my guess is they'll probably record more stuff now that they've, right. had, more time.
0: they've had more time
1: yeah so I listened to some of that it's okay it, it didn't sound like they've changed their sound a tremendous amount but I need to run through those a little bit more and have to see what the new uh, new album would be like you know songs they haven't released mm-hmm. see how that you know, this last year or so has influenced them too, right? which I yeah. know, we'll have some influence on them. So, you know, I list. so I spent a lot of time with the studio albums and then I thought, you know, I need to get the live sounds. And so I, I watched, you said, they're really good live. Oh my gosh. I was watching them. Oh gosh. It was some Ben. Oh, it was like a Coachella or something like that. Oh, or, probably. Or one of those. I can't remember what it was. Their live sound is great and they need a live album. They, they really do. It's, it's way different. It's and way
0: different. And it's very, just like, it's very high energy.
1: I That's the next two words I have down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On my that's notes. so funny. Very high energy. And yeah. And so even songs I'm kind of meh about in studio. Wow. When they play them live, it just brings them to this whole new life. And it's just, uh, they're just really fun to watch. And, that's what I like about them more. You know, and they have great light shows and all that stuff too, mm-hmm. but but just listening to the music, it's just a whole broader sense. There's just a whole new di- different electrifying, like you said, high energy element to it that they don't they don't capture that in this in the studio. that's not a knock on their studio albums, but just wow. So I thought yeah. it was really cool. And you saw them in concert? Is there anything on to add on that or
0: Um, I mean, I, I yeah, I've seen them twice cuz I just Like, I mean, I think I talked about this last episode, but it's still one of my favorite concerts I've been to because it was so high energy and it was just fun. And like, it wasn't, yeah, the theatrics were really good. But like you said, like their music was just so involved. And like, I don't know, there was just something about it that was so fun. And then they, he sang, uh, I think he sang Halo. Yeah. And did his like own version of that because he was like, I helped write this song. And he also sang like, somewhere over the rainbow just for like probably kicks and giggles but i think i have it on video somewhere but he's just such an incredible musician that i think that that makes it so much fun to watch as well because i'm like you're just so talented
1: yeah and so i would like to see him do a little heavier album you know they've done all the pop stuff i would like him, and that's just probably not their thing but i don't know Yeah, i would kind of like to see them go a little heavier maybe it was something that even like you two would do or something yeah but, um I, I you know since they're trying to change their sound up you know here and there it'd be cool if they did an album where they kind of ramped it up a little bit in that direction because i think they do really well you know yeah maybe i think so through too. some of that live energy somehow um and i think they do that on native pretty well but anyway that's just uh, a some thoughts on that with the live performance uh as far as oh there's a song too well I'll, t- I'll get into the songs but one song i noticed they recorded was the song by oasis man oasis Ooh. called champagne supernova you ever oh. heard that
0: I, I know I have, but I can't yeah, recall it can't the at the moment.
1: But anyway, they have their own version of that. I thought that was, that's now that it's like, okay, that's kind of where I want you to go. <laughs> I want you to <laughs> they go have all in the that tools, direction. Not covers. I mean, that's fine. But take that and run with it a little bit. Yeah. Just that vibe. And that's where I want you to go. And I've been kind of just like, when I think about that man, I was like, go there.
0: <laughs> he'll
1: do really well. Uh, but, you know. That's me.
0: They're still pretty young, too, though. So I'm sure that they'll definitely go in that direction.
1: Yeah. So I'll look at my playlist here, and I'll tell you, I'll do a quick rundown of the songs that made it on my playlist. The so, official obvi- Terry
0: playlist.
1: Yeah. So Counting hard Stars. Hard to get into. I lived. to Apologize, Goodbye Apathy, Tyrant. These are deep cuts, of course. Of course they um, are. Won't Stop, good. All We Are, All the Right Moves, Missing Persons. Waking up, marching on, passenger. It's a shame. Sucker punch. If I lose myself, feel again. AI, born human. Those are two separate songs. Not born. Human. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh. prodigal, and then champagne supernova. So those are the ones that made the cut.
0: Yeah, um, you got the deep cuts.
1: Yeah, so they do have them. And what i'm looking for but you know i had a few hits in there too but
0: i've always found that interesting about you is that you're always like oh i found the deep cuts but it's about bands that you don't even know either which is so interesting to me it's like i give you these bands that you've never heard of or never researched and i can go back and be like oh this is a deep cut because i know their hits but you're still able to find the deep cuts even in bands that you've never even (laughs) heard of. And it's insane.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I have, um, I, I like deep cuts. I like to find those ones that don't
0: even know how you know that they're a deep cut. Like I I listen to all these bands and I'm like, this might, I like this song. And you're like, Oh yeah, that was a hit song on that album. Like, of course it was like, like, (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like you've got a good eye for that
1: yeah well, I get tired of ones that you've heard, you know, just, I, totally. I don't listen to the radio much anymore, you know, you really don't, but uh you know the ones that were just they're played everywhere, like don't stop believing by journey i I don't even download that, I don't need to I can just go to the go to the grocery store and it'll be on or yeah. somewhere <laughs> yeah. you know That's true. I don't need to, I just know it'll be on so uh, somewhere so I don't need to to listen to it on my own, That's yeah. But yeah, no, it was a good good trip, and I wanted to learn more about that band. So it was interesting to learn more and then listen more. And, uh, yeah, like I, said, I have advice for them, but I think mm-hmm. they're very good. They've and got very the talented.
0: tools, they just need to, yeah, put them to work.
1: So, uh, Tether, if you're out there, you know, if you need a few tips on the next album after this one for I don't know, 2023 or four, let me know. And <laughs> I got some ideas, <laughs> and so collaborate we'll with you listening, We've I'm sure he is.
0: Insight. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he is. All Absolutely. the celebrities are. Absolutely, well, yeah. Cool. So,
1: what do you got cooking up for the next episode?
0: So, you made a
1: decision. I hope
0: I did actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how it'll go. I think it'll be fine, but uh, Who knows? um, it's not. It's not crazy. Um, but I feel like I've done my rounds enough, and we're mm-hmm. circling back to some country music. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give you Dirks Bentley.
1: Oh, okay. I've heard of Dirk Bentley. Have I you don't heard know. Of him? Yeah, I do. And I probably heard a Dirk Bentley song, but I could not give oh, yeah. a, a single one. So
0: I haven't really done a lot of like I know a lot of Dirk Bentley songs, and I've had I had a moment in time where I was like really obsessed with him. And but I wouldn't say I've like gone back and listened to all mm-hmm. of his old music kind of thing. Um so I'm sure that he had some pretty 20 days. Um, You might just have to push through that. He can kind of get twangy, but he also has a lot of music. That's pretty just like easy to listen to. And I think that he's definitely a pretty chill country music artist. It's not like the ones that are infused with pop or whatever. That's not what I mean, but it's not the same as what I've given you before. Um, Not necessarily. And so I would recommend maybe comparing his old stuff to his new stuff because i've listened to a lot of his new stuff and then um i feel like i talk about this every episode but now that you can listen to music in the car with your spotify premium um (laughs) sounds like we're (laughs) we're sponsored we're not (laughs) sponsored um we wish uh but uh he did an episode on armchair expert with Dak shepherd
1: oh okay yeah
0: and just I listened to that last year, I remember, and okay. it just gives round. you more insight to who he is. It was kind of a live episode, but he's like, I think he's from Colorado, just a very down home guy. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you'll just have a good time kind of researching him. I don't know.
1: The so Dirk Bentley. Is that how you say it?
0: Yeah, it's Dirk's D-I-E-R-K-S.
1: Oh, there's an S. OK, Dirk's. OK. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. Dirks Bentley. OK. Yeah, I know. I've heard the name. I just, and I probably heard a song, but I don't know any right now. So I'm starting pretty fresh here. Well, for you, you know, I've just, I've been really thinking this through. And so this happened on a car ride home today Okay. that I came up with this. And, um, so we're going to go, yeah, we're going to be fairly on the other end of the spectrum here (laughs) this time for you. So I'm going to do a band that had essentially two leads. Well, officially three, but really two lead main lead singers. And so there's actually almost two camps on this band in a sense. And so this band is Van Halen.
0: Oh boy.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to go at least, you know, for the earlier is a little pretty heavy stuff. And uh, so, you know, Van Halen had two lead singers, enormously popular ones. And when they had a third one too, and you can research that, but we're really focusing on the two lead singers and, and, you know, just go through the years And then I want you to do a little comparison. I do want you to tell me which one you like the best of the two main lead singers, what, what era you like the best or which singer you like the best. Uh, One of them I've seen twice as a solo artist. So it was enormously popular solo artist. Okay. And still is. And, you know, and and, uh, Eddie Van Halen, you probably heard, you know,
0: passed away, right?
1: passed away recently. And so, Uh, and actually there's some recent um probably some recent research you should do with that and with the band and kind of what was some information about that that's actually been very recent about his passing and kind of relationships. so this one you're gonna have a lot of um drama like you two had no drama no i was
0: like did they get into any fights ever
1: (laughs) and no and so van halen you will uh, run out of drama this time. Oh
0: boy, I'm really happy yeah. to pay attention.
1: But um I want you to also listen to the first album all the way through.
0: Okay, I can do that. Maybe
1: the second album too. And then it wouldn't hurt to listen to the album 5150 later on. Okay. Mid 80s all the way through just cuz that'll help you with the comparison. And I think if you did that you'll you'll get a pretty good feeling of uh how things changed and why there might be two camps on Van Halen. And some people even renamed the band fans renamed the band during that era too. So uh, it's just interesting. And okay. uh, I think you'll have fun with it. The videos you're going to like, I'll, I'll probably uh, shoot you a few texts on some videos to watch <laughs> that okay. are pretty, pretty good. Um,
0: awesome.
1: Yeah. I think you'll like it. Um, I'll direct you on that. But yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you'll enjoy Van Halen. I think list people for at least from my demographic will really enjoy this one on what, yeah. you, what you come up with for Van Halen.
0: I can say I don't know. I mean, I probably I might find some songs that I know, but I literally I have no idea.
1: You you've heard some songs.
0: Yeah, I'm you've sure you've heard some.
1: So hey, you were we were talking too, maybe down the road, maybe not this next episode, but maybe one or two down the lane that uh Oh, yeah, we want to do a
0: movie. guilty pleasure episode. Yeah, tell this um, are
1: we're, we're still noodling this idea. So we're
0: just trying to like mix things up a little bit. Like we don't need to start doing like themes because that's just like not really our vibe. But like a guilty pleasure episode might just be kind of fun to talk about. Like I kind of explained it to you of like. You know, we all listen to music in the car, in our, you know, headphones or whatever. It's not necessarily the music that you would play when you have like all your friends in the car. And not saying it has to be like, you know, inappropriate or like whatever. Just like there's songs that are and artists and people that are special to you that you're like, I love this, but like people might judge me for it, <laughs> <laughs> or like I don't know. It could be really whatever you define uh, guilty pleasure as, but like. I kind of told you like B fifty twos might have been your
1: mm-hmm. guilty All pleasure. That, if I lines. hadn't
0: done it already.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I don't know. I I don't even know what mine is because I feel like I listen to so many random things. But I think it could just be kind of fun to like surprise each other and see what it is, you know. And it might not be I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to give each other the things because it's probably artists that we want to give each other normally so oh, yeah
1: and i ha- like i told you earlier i i do have an idea i just have to figure out how yeah <laughs> how to frame it within an episode for you and not overwhelm you and so anyway we'll get onto to that later but anyway that could be coming up so you, you know you want, want to stick with us for <laughs> Me too. what's what's coming up later in 2021 and this spring probably so yeah or maybe even this winter soon. yeah well, hey, we better let people go. They got things to do, places to go, and people yes, to see.
0: made them listen to us for this long, so. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a fun episode. I enjoyed filming it this one. It was real
1: fun. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm very proud of your YouTube research. I, this is one of the, my proudest moments, actually. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's taken <laughs> yeah. taken a couple decades but we got there <laughs> yeah. you
1: really well. great you handled that uh, we're well. impressed
0: well what a special moment to end it on everybody exactly so. um, okay well I will talk to you later
1: all right we'll see you, everybody bye all
0: right bye